Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and yes, I am finally back. I have beat COVID-19, and everyone in my family is doing good. I'm healthy, and uh, I'm ready to roll. So today, we have a wide variety of topics for you guys, starting out with talking about the Bears tragically losing to the Colts and kind of all the takeaways that that gives us from that game. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about how confident we are with Nick Foles and get into some of our predictions for the rest of the season and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, which is occurring tonight. We want to thank you guys so much for sticking with us through this kind of weird time. And uh, tell you guys, check us out on YouTube. We do a lot of updates there. Um, It's more casual content. I would say we do reactions, instant reactions to every single game. So yeah, check us out. We're at about 550 followers uh, in like two or three months. So we've been really killing it on there. Uh, Make sure to check us out. Go on there. uh, Get a lot more content from Bare Necessities. And we appreciate all of our podcast listeners. So let's go ahead and get into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast, the long-awaited episode. We actually recorded an episode last week trying to put it out, but uh, my mic kind of messed it up, so we weren't really able to put it up. Uh, it's been a really hectic three weeks, and we apologize for you know not being there. But um, mostly, mostly my fault, mostly COVID's fault. So don't you know? Don't put too much on Reese. He he really held up the ship when I was gone. But yeah, <laughs> we are going to be back, and we're going to be posting more than ever uh, coming pretty soon. So starting off with this Thursday episode uh, coming out right before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Hope you guys see it before then. But yeah, man, uh, how's it feel being back? Definitely feels good. Uh, you know, it'll be good to actually get that first full podcast out there with the the mic. I guess you know we kind of have like an unreleased. Oh, yeah. You know, just, just like a good rapper has all their you know tracks that sit out of the computer. <laughs> you know, we have ours that are are sitting back there that haven't been released. So maybe one day people will be able to tap into our un unreleased podcast. But uh, it's been, yeah, it definitely maybe. feels good to be back. Yeah, maybe one of us can, uh, once the fame and money start running out, we'll just start releasing a bunch of our old crap. Uh, We actually tend to record about six podcasts a week and only release one just to make sure we give you guys the best quality. And uh, yeah, now we have a great mic on the podcast as well, or a second great mic at least. Reese, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your mic setup now? Yeah, it's a Samson Q something. Uh, Q2. Q2, yeah. Uh, A good anniversary gift. And it's definitely definitely been doing me well. I've definitely been happy with it. Uh, definitely got to do more tapping into it and try to get the the honing in and everything exactly how I want it. But it'll be uh, definitely definitely a big step up. Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, you know the the earbuds uh, they're still being used in the podcast. The famous earbuds. We're gonna have to get a trophy case for those uh, <laughs> on the way out. Uh, we'll, we'll get some, we'll uh, maybe one day we'll auction those off in a charity auction for a couple hundred thousand dollars and uh, you know give it to whoever we can. But yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge step up for this podcast. We definitely have you know in my opinion at least the best probably audio experience out of any bears podcast available right now so uh yeah man it's uh it's a it's a major step up for us and we're excited for that now we just need to make sure our content is good <laughs> yeah and that's a tough part right i mean who the hell wants to listen to us so yeah, yeah right. that's that's really we just we just tried to fix everything but ourselves first so yeah, it's like you. It's like now we don't have any excuses, <laughs> so we we have no reasons for our lack of success. No, I'm just kidding. It's I'm just, just kidding. Us. We're just bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So now you guys can officially know that in a couple years, if we're not, you know, very popular, uh, this is 110 percent because we are boring people. 
uh, and not entertaining people. But uh, no, I think I think that this is going to be a great step up for us. You know, there is because podcasting is an audio experience. And for you guys on YouTube, you know, even you guys, it's more of an audio experience. We don't have video yet. We want to incorporate that in the future. But yeah, it's pretty much completely an audio experience for you guys. So we have to have good audio. That's the, that's the biggest thing um, outside of the actual quality of the content. We have to have good audio. And we're, uh, we're excited that we can actually improve that for you guys. As far as me and uh, my COVID situation, I am okay now. My family is all uh, non-contagious. And uh, man, that was a heck of a journey. But honestly, it got lucky that no one had you know really severe responses. Uh, it was it was tough, man. It it was not easy. Um, I, everyone just you know stay safe. It's a very scary uh, ten days when you have it, uh, especially because it it really feels like it's just like attacking your body with like everything. Like my symptoms changed like four times in the matter of ten days, and it was just it was crazy, man. But um, you know I'm happy that I'm back. I'm happy that we're back, and uh, I'm ready to really keep rolling throughout the season, and you know put out the best Bears content out there. Yeah, and even we're always ahead of the game here on this podcast. And, you know, right before COVID became a huge issue in the NFL, you know, Austin got it, you know, put him on Mm -hmm. the sidelines. And now, you know, we're looking at what's going on with the (laughs) Titans and other teams. And it's just like, man, we just predicted it. We're always on top of everything. Uh, It's okay. We're going to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. There's going to be a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, but not not for our podcast, at least yet. Yeah, no, but in all seriousness, you know, I hope everyone on on the Titans uh, a a healthy recovery. You know, they're all uh, well, at least for the play. This was my biggest concern. I'm more concerned uh, with the coaches, honestly, because they're, you know, they're older. Um, Even just like seeing my parents who aren't who aren't very old. like seeing their how their responses were different than mine it's definitely um a virus that attacks uh people who are older much more than it attacks people who are younger um and it uh you know i i I pray for the coaches i i hope all the players a healthy recovery um the players i'm sure will be fine unless they have any sort of outstanding conditions but it's not something to mess around with guys uh if you're in florida um i'm sorry for you because uh you have it probably the worst but you know, we're, we're going to all get through this. We're either going to have to one day just learn to live with it or one day we'll get rid of it. And, you know, we got to at least hold out hopes that we're going to be able to get rid of it for, you know, at least, you know, a couple years or something like that. It, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I think that's all that really can be said. But I guess I'll move us into our first topic, you know, we'll change yeah, things up a little bit. Uh, Lamar Miller added to the the Bears team, uh, picked up what? I feel like this would have been news a week ago or so. A week ago. Yeah. Well, he actually didn't sign here until, truthfully, this week, right after the Colts game, technically. But we knew that he was expected to sign here late before the Colts game. Right. And obviously didn't participate in that game no yeah no he, yeah. Di- he did not and he you know i gotta be honest he was a missed body there because i'm i'm super excited for lamar miller like i it, it's funny because we put out the podcast before what we, what we were on the podcast we didn't end up releasing because my mic screwed up we put out and we were talking about just how good of a fit lamar miller would be for this team we've always been someone who's saying hey we need to add another running back even before Tariq cohen went down even before we knew david montgomery was you know in, injured po- injured and possibly going to miss week one 
we we knew that we needed to add another running back because Ryan Nall, uh, yeah, he's not that good. Anybody who thinks he's good, he's not that good. He We needed him desperately in that last Colts game. Didn't take a single snap from my understanding. Or maybe just one or two snaps. He's not that good. And, like, it, you can't blame him. It's completely the coaching staff's, like... He, I mean, the re, the reason why he's not performing is just he's not supposed to be on this level. So elevating him isn't really, you know, a good thing. But Lamar Miller, he rejoins his running backs coach that he had when he was with the Texans where he had a couple thousand yard seasons. I don't know if that's what we're going to see out of him. Uh, I, I think that – but I absolutely think we could see 500 yards from him this year. I think he's someone that he can definitely produce. I, I feel like he can definitely produce within the system as well. I mean – beforehand even before all these injuries i mean the running back position i mean it's not it's not like we were calling for it all summer and then you know the montgomery injury comes along and everyone's like oh shit you know maybe we need to add some more depth to this position and then Tariq cohen goes down and everyone's like oh shit we really need to add and i feel Mm. like you know i think lamar miller is a good pickup but it's like man we really waited until the last minute to yeah to get this done but we should you know, have drafted somebody, truthfully. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, it's an issue that probably should have been solved way back. But anyway, bringing in Lamar Miller, I think, you know, he's someone... Really, I mean, his best attribute is like his quick burst almost in a way. I mean, he's like kind of like that that twitchy style running back. But it does him well in both the passing and running game. I always viewed him as someone... Because of how, how much, you know, offenses like to get him the football. Um, you know, of course, he's got kind of a, a speckled injury history and you know, a lot of concerns along that front. But at the same time, I think that, you know, he's someone that hopefully if he can jump in and avoid those injuries, I think he's someone that can do this team, especially in its current state, like you were leading on to Austin, a lot of good. Yeah, you know, and that's the bigger thing is like, him he doesn't need to be the main back and I think that was the mistake that was always made with Lamar Miller is like yeah when he was when he was with that Miami Miami Dolphins team I believe he was behind who was he was he behind Jay Ajayi I can't remember maybe man. at that specific moment because at, yeah Jay Ajayi he kind of what he went from the Eagles, he got he traded there to, to the Eagles, Eagles right and I now think. he's out yeah he's out of yeah. the NFL but I, I can't remember exactly who he was behind. I mean, they have had so many different running backs. They've had Frank Gore there, <laughs> like so many different running backs. But I think the mistake with the Houston Texans, they gave him that big contract out of the Miami Dolphins. And, uh, you know, he put up a couple thousand yard seasons, but never really that like consistently reliable guy. He's like, he needs to be used, in my opinion, more like kind of like an Alvin Kamara than how he was used. I think he needs to have that main back with him to really uh, complement his skill set because he's not going to be the type of guy that, you know, you want to give it to on uh, third and one, even though Matt Nagy likes to give it to Cordell Patterson like he did in the Colts game on third and one in a, or maybe what it was fourth and one. I can't even remember in a very uh, important moment that ended up getting uh, the bears to uh, go to fourth down or lose the ball. I can't remember. Uh, But so, yeah, but as far as Lamar Miller, He's a really talented player. My biggest concern, like, I think he's going to be really, really productive with us. My biggest concern is his injury. I don't, you know, with running backs, that torn ACL, for the most part, at this point in the NFL, torn ACLs don't seem to impact players that much, truthfully. But you you just never know, especially with the running back position where it there's so much tension on your lower body. You know, you have to be so low with your legs. I mean, I think a lot of people who've, like, never played football or just, like, 
don't know the game that well they don't realize how low these guys are actually running when they're when they're when they're hitting the offensive line they are in a squat position for most of the game unless you're Cordell Patterson who runs like a wide receiver um but yeah it's it's a concern his injury but I'm I'm excited about him truthfully another thing that I want to bring up Snacks Harrison signed with the Seahawks huge mistake for the Bears we need we need someone desperately at that uh, at that zero tech position huge mistake yeah it's just kind of like another missed thing and you know when we'll kind of see you know when this defense gets tired of just getting gashed up the middle on running plays you know i mean just how how many straight games are we gonna do this you know against the Colts, jonathan taylor broke off a couple like nice like 10 yard runs i mean when an offense is able to just go out there and pick up a first down by just running the ball that's so much of a confidence boost. The offensive line loves it. You know, it really allows them to get into some really good momentum and all that. And it's kind of, it's just something that the bears are giving away right now, even though mm-hmm. there's, they have such good, you know, ratings on like third down or in some of these crucial scenarios, you know, there's so many ways, you know, not to get derailed here, you know, from snacks Harrison, but it's kind of, it adds into the general problem of just, you know, there's, I think that, you know, I was even sold on this bears defense as being, you know, almost like, you know, picture perfect on paper, you know, there wasn't really too yeah. much that was going to be wrong with it. And at least on the field right now, I mean, it's not quite that way. And I think that adding in someone like Snacks Harrison could really help fix some of the issues that they're going through. Yeah. And okay, let's, we're going to get into the Colts loss in a minute because we unfortunately weren't able to put out a, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I was just not in the mood to put out a podcast after that loss. I hated that loss. That one was super mentally draining. It was, um, a, it was just a, not to cut you off, but that was a true game where the Bears played bad from opening to beginning oh, or, yeah. at, end, or beginning to end. Oh, my goodness. And well, just could not get anything together. It, it reminded me of the Chiefs game that we went to last year. You know, and it seems like it's a can you can you believe we were in a freaking packed stadium last just like almost a year ago at this point like it just seems like another world that that we were living in at that time where we went Reese and I went to the the Kansas City Chiefs Bears game we ended up leaving halfway through because we brought our girlfriends with us and we're like this is not they're they're like this is what you guys have a podcast on these pieces are (laughs) no no, but yeah we decided to go yeah we decided to go around the city instead but um yeah so we went to that game and uh yeah, it's just crazy thinking how different the world is But uh, today. But um, as far as with this defense, this defense, it's really weird because the players that we expected to play good have played really good. So Jalen Johnson, really good season so far. Kyle Fuller, really good season so far. Eddie Jackson, really good season so far. Akeem Hicks, really good season so far. Robert Quinn, you know, pretty good season so far about what I think we've paid him. Khalil Mack, amazing season so far. All these players are having really, really good seasons. And hey, even Roquan Smith, really good season so far. But where we've seen a step down, I believe, is the middle of this defense just isn't as stout as it was in 2018 or even 2019. And obviously, Eddie Goldman's a huge piece of that puzzle. You know, Eddie Goldman is a stud, right? He He's an irreplaceable player because there's just not too many players who specialize at that zero-tack, nose-tackle, 3-4, you know, position that he plays. It's a difficult position, and it's a position that, you know, you have to be okay with not getting a ton of the, you know, credibility on defense because your job is mainly to help everybody else out. 
And, uh, you know, we're missing that. We're missing that. I wasn't, I mean, me and you both weren't super convinced with Bilal Nichols uh, playing that position because we talked about how he fits way better at 3-4 defensive end. But, you know, it, I didn't expect it to be this bad. And the, it, that's absolutely been a huge part of our running game issues. The other thing is I think Danny Trevathan, I think we're seeing a step down from him. Uh, I'm not happy that we gave him that contract. Truthfully, we probably should have kept Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, I think we made made the wrong decision there, unfortunately, even though Danny Trevathan is a huge leader in this locker room. And then, you know, I think Treshawn Gibson, I think he's done really good in pass coverage, but I think his run, his, his run game uh, coverage has been a little suspect, uh, specifically when you consider that it, it's been a little bit like haha, honestly. Like, I think that, you know, in a way, even though, I'm completely fine with Adrian Amos not being on this team. I was one of the people who said that we should not resign him because the contract he got was ridiculous for someone who, you know, is pretty much just a, you know, mid range and then also clean up the run safety. Something you can get in the draft, but the bears absolutely need to need to get some sort of good run stopping, hard hitting safety again to, to help with this defense. And that's what I think we're really missing there. Um, and I just, I really blame it. Uh, I I think all the stars on the defense are playing well. It's just, we let up a couple big plays a game. There's ton, here's the, here's the truth of the matter. We have been absolutely railed with penalties this year. The, the, the Colts, two of their scoring drives were off of, including the touchdown, were off of major penalties missed. And then just stupid mistakes. Not, it's just not as crisp. That's what I want to say with Vic Fangio. It was very crisp play. There wasn't many mistakes, but this one, there's been a lot more mistakes and a lot less opportunistic play. And I think maybe Chuck Pagano's defense is just, you know, maybe too complicated for these guys. Or like maybe the switch is just not really benefiting us in the way that we think it would. Now, Chuck Pagano has done a great job. The thing with Chuck Pagano's defense that I think people are going to get have to get used to is it's a defense where theoretically it's going to cause a lot of turnovers and confusion for the quarterback, but it's also going to let up some big plays. And I think I think also that's what we've been seeing playing out too. Yeah, I think it is a bit boomer bust, and I honestly think some of that safety position I think it does come a bit with scheme because it's like you know I, I think some of it goes with you know you need to get a new hard hitting safety but some of that was kind of the billing of Tashawn Gibson it wasn't that he was like this super hard hitting safety but yeah. we knew coming in he wasn't afraid to play the run I think some of it is just system schematics in a way yeah I, I very think, true you know how Clinton Dixon was more passable say that okay he didn't want to get in there you know dirty with the run but when it kind mm-hmm. of happens with two in a row and I don't really look at Tashawn Gibson the same way that I do haha Clinton Dix Haha ha was that was a bad that was a bad that was giving you know Trishan a little too much crap. Haha ha right. really wasn't doing much with the run. I think that some of it goes down to system schematic. I think a lot of it really does. And you're right, it hasn't been as clean and as polished as you know we saw in 2018 with Vic Fangio. And you know, I, I think that you know I don't mind what Chuck Pagano is doing with the defense. And you know, as you're alluding to it being a little bit more boomer bust, you know, sometimes you, your defense does need to be that way. You know, I think a, an aggressive defense, um, you know, can be ran very well. Sometimes you're going to get burned. But at the same time, if they're going to be this aggressive uh, defense, I really want Pagano to stick with it. You know, I feel like at mm-hmm. times he kind of 
you know, gets out of it a little bit. You know, we go from we're going to dial up the pressure and, you know, get up all up on the quarterback's face, and then, you know, that kind of fades away. I honestly feel like the pass rush has not been as good at times, but I know it's not any of the players. I, I think it's actually just the, the what's being called because when Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks have like had their chances, they've both been looking like monsters. Like, both look like they're ready to have the yeah. season of their lives. But the production, like I don't think, is actually... Players of the years. Truthfully, yeah. like they've I, been huge. I don't think their numbers actually match up with how well they've performed, though. And no, I kind no, of blame that on Pagano. I do, too. Now, here's the thing is I think that Pagano, he's used to... When he was with the Colts, he had some good players, right? But he didn't have literally Hall of Fame talent. Like, I mean, I think he had... Who did he have, actually? He may have had one... He may have had one... Well, there, are you talking about on the defensive side of the ball, with really? The Col- with the Colts. Well, I mean, yeah, he got, he got the wait, he end. The Ravens, he got the right? end of Dwight Freeney and like uh, Mathis. Okay. That oh good yeah, 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 yeah. So combo. he had good players, but yeah. But what I'm saying, is, I think that you know when he when he was with the Colts, kind of at the end there, he didn't have a whole bunch of talent, so he was super pressed on having schematic excellence, right? With you know doing these twists at the line of scrimmage, you know, uh, putting like different types of lineups. Whereas Vic Fangio's system was very much the opposite of that. It was very much, we're not going to scheme up pressure. We have good enough players. We're just going to let them pass rush. Right. And I think that's what Pagano truthfully should be doing with Akeem Hicks and uh, Eddie Jack, or sorry, Khalil Mack is that I just think that they're good enough players. You should just let them rush. Right. Let them do what they feel fit and don't try, get don't get so focused on, you know, having them stunt over here. Like, don't ha- get them so focused on this. Like, that's how people like Zadarius Smith get sacks, not Khalil Mack. OK, Khalil Mack is a good enough player where you just line him up on the edge and let him go. Let him loose and he will do it when you're wasting this time, uh, this valuable time on a on a, you know, doing all these different stunts and everything to get trying to get Khalil Mack free or whatever. It's kind of just wasting time and teams already have like some of the quickest snap to throw rates on the bears because the pass rush is just so good. They need to have that. So yeah, I do blame it on Chuck Pagano. I think that he just needs to learn how to line these guys up and let them loose. Cause that's really what the bears have. You know, the bears have a, I mean, tons of probably hall of fame talent, and the other thing that I want to make a note on is that I think that Chuck Pagano's defense would be working right now if every single time we had a boom moment, it didn't get called back, right? Like that, like that is the issue is that we've had so many opportunities that we've had these huge plays, you know, Akeem Hicks has two more sacks that have already been wiped off this season because of roughing the passer, like just like crazy, just crazy, like dumb calls that we've seen over the past two weeks specifically the first how two many weeks were, turnovers you know yeah, how many yeah. turnovers have been called uh-huh. multiple one pick six another turnover um you know akeem hicks didn't get turned or sorry god i'm throwing out all these names khalil mack didn't get turned over but dropped that one interception like this this defense has absolutely had the opportunity to make big plays but every single time we have a big play it gets turned over like it, it, it just it's it's been horrible officiating on the bears horrible officiating and then even like with kyle fuller like kyle fuller should have a much better season right now because how many times has he had a huge stop uh at like on one of these little comeback routes where he flies in and the you know he hits the ball and it gets called pass interference i mean did you did you see on sunday when 
Kyle Fuller in the beginning of the game, he had that huge uh, he had that huge stop on third down, gets called for pass interference, extends the Colts into a touchdown drive. The Bears have literally the exact same thing happen to them, and it doesn't get called. Like it's it, it. I swear, if I was like a casual fan and like I didn't trust in the NFL, I would think that these refs are just like biased against the Bears over the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be the type of person that blames on refs. Yeah, I think there has been so much other shit to go on. I will say the Bears have had some bad calls at very inopportune moments. I think that's the best way that I would like to put it. And just that they've gotten them, like you said, in points where it's led on to a touchdown drive or just in crucial moments, they've seemed to get flags, which it can be heartbreaking and demoralizing at the same time. But I think... I, once again, I mean, that falls, I don't know, necessarily on Chuck Pagano, but it's like, man, even on offense, too, the Bears have been getting some bad, bad penalties. I mean, damn, yeah, did and they, they even did last get a, year, too. A, which, uh, maybe it was in the first couple of weeks of the season. I think Leno did a, a, a goddamn chop block. I'm yeah, like, as a lineman, yeah. you should know better. Like, dude, yeah. how long have you been playing in this league? That's a Are you playing high penalty. school football? <laughs> yeah, like, this is a 15-yard penalty. Like, come on, dude. I don't know... Honestly, I mean, that has to fall on Nagy. I mean, come on. Like, they are giving up copious numbers of penalty yards every week. And at some point, you know, maybe that, you know, the refs are bad. But the fact that you're beating out, I mean, you're looking like the Raiders like a couple seasons ago where you just get nothing but flags. Yeah. And that's the thing is like in that 2018 run, too, we didn't get many flags. And I think it's because we just had a more crisp, ready to go. I don't know if it's like a game plan thing where they focus so much on the scheme that they forget to like do the little things correctly and they just forget about the details because you're right. It does. At the end of the day, it falls on the coaching staff because there's, you know, there's little things that change if it's a flag or not. And like, we don't have, at the end of the day, this is something that has like been really, really, you know, the, the funny thing is, is that the Packers actually seem to get the best end of it because they are constantly somehow year after year into the most like helped by penalty yards. I don't know if you saw in the Saints game where they had one. Uh, was it the was it the Saints game? Oh, in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, there was a clear as day pass interference on Jerry Alexander that was like 90 yards deep that they didn't call. And then there was also in the Saints game, they had a horse collar called on Aaron Jones when the player never touched his horse collar. So like, you I don't know what it is though. Th- well, it, it's, it's just identity. I, I think that's ultimately what it boils down to is the Packers have like that identity that like when a certain thing happens on offense, like not like a kind of, almost kind of like, yeah. like an NBA team does though. You know, like you get fouled going into the point, you're going to look at the ref and raise your arms. It's going to be the first thing you're going to do. You know, like the Packers, you mm-hmm. know, third down, you know, oh, you got a little tug on your jersey. You're not going to be able to get the ball. Of course, you're going to try to get that PI. You're going to try to get that extra penalty. And I think it's just partly to do with that's just how the Packers offense is. And I think that's the one thing through these first four, you know, games, the Bears still don't have an identity. And we talked about this mm-hmm. so much heading into the season. We want this team to have an identity. And it's still on offense. Oh my See, goodness! They I have, have to be honest, though. I think that it was there was more of an identity with Mitch. I know that's the problem. That's the problem is you know full stepped in here, and I guess this is kind of leading us into like what we're talking about next is full stepped in, and then you know I think that there wasn't anything wrong with how he was delivering the ball. It's just like there's no rhythm, and it's like you mm-hmm. watch the the Kansas City Chiefs play, and it's like they just start the game, and they start balling out. 
You know, yeah. they know exactly how they want to play. They start going for it. You start looking at some of those other elite teams. You look at the Ravens, even though they haven't been perfect this year, they come out and they just start attacking you because they know what they want to do offensively. This and Bears team, it's like they're just trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure it out all the way down the field. <laughs> You know, it's like they don't have a game plan going into the game, and the first snap's like, "All right, guys, how are we gonna do this?" Yeah. You know, it, it's like it, it's like Matt Nagy gets up there, tries one thing, he's like, "Got to get rid of this game plan, throwing this behind me. What are we gonna do now?" And you know, one uh, one last note on officiating: it's not just the Bears. There's been a. I just think the NFL officiating has like over the past couple of years just gotten a lot worse. Truthfully, like I think that like somehow it's gotten a lot worse and. I think going with that identity thing, this Bears team is known to be like a really difficult, hard-hitting defense, right? Like it's it's known to have these elite players. So when a player gets a little hit, hit a little hard, a little closer, the the refs are a little bit more honest, being trying to kind of even out the game. Maybe I don't know. Um, it's funny because I remember a couple years back, you when cam newton and this is just another example this identity thing that refs play with which i think is honestly i think it's really stupid because it should be a fair officiating on everybody but cam newton gets hit hard and the refs don't bat an eye right but you see you know matt Nagy or sorry uh matt ryan or tom brady get hit and the refs are you know throwing that flag up there as high as it can and it's because of the type of player they are you know like cam newton he's a tough dude right he's like a he's a you know a hard runner uh, you know really physical guy and when he gets a little extra late hit they treat him more like a running back than they do a quarterback and uh that's you know you know pretty biased by the refs same with you know uh, even like I would say even when it comes to like Mitchell Trubisky or Josh Allen when they get a little bit of that later hit the refs kind of because they're these mobile quarterbacks they they kind of you know bat the eye sometimes they kind of let it go whereas if it was Tom Brady or you know one of these other more pocket passers it would be a bigger issue so no, I think there's definitely truth to that 100 yeah. percent. yeah and and that's honestly that's an issue in NFL officiating if you're going to want to treat the quarterback like a baby uh, then yeah, you should treat all quarterbacks like a baby, not just some quarterbacks. Um, but it is what it is at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, so moving on to, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, a little bit more about this Colts loss, and then uh, Nick Foles and the Chicago Bears. I know we've been it's probably a pretty long episode, but we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, so with the Colts loss, I mean, yeah, lack of identity, right? That that has to be the, a good way to really sum it up. Is just this team lacked fluidity, it lacked motion, and what a—I mean, honestly, what a horrible, horrible way to start out Nick Foles' career after as a Chicago Bear after just having such a massive comeback. And I still—I gotta be honest—I I, like this. This was one of the most horrible Bears games I've ever seen. Like horrible, horrible, and it's just things weren't working. You know, it seemed like there was a couple plays where Nick Foles was just off, and maybe Matt Nagy just honestly gave it his all to create an offense around Trubisky. He needs to understand that Nick Foles isn't Trubisky because when Nick Foles went out there, Matt Nagy treated him like Mitchell Trubisky, and that that scares me. That scares me a little bit. It was a lot of throws behind the line of scrimmage, a lot of 2019 stuff. With Nick Foles, you have to stretch the ball downfield. Like, you have to play to his strengths as a player. And this has been a consistent theme with Matt Nagy. Not being able to understand what he has in his players. Only being able to understand a a concept that he wants out of his players. Not understanding what he has out of his players. I mean, you talk... He's he's essentially the opposite of John Harbaugh, right? Who was a 
was a you know okay play caller with uh, Joe Flacco, and then Lamar Miller comes in and completely changes the offense. Something that's super super new style, you know, this like hybrid running, like something that we've like not really seen in the NFL before. Completely changes the offense and sees tons of success. Matt, Nagy, I mean, if Matt Nagy had Lamar, Lamar Jackson, and uh, and Joe Flacco, he would he would have zero offense. Period. You know, like he's just not a, he's not able to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what scares me going forward with Matt Nagy. Truthfully, I think it's a it's an interesting conundrum that they're in. You know, it, because I think they have to look at okay. We made all these comeback wins, so what is this offense actually good at? You know, especially They're at good Nick at something. Foles, especially at Nick Foles. So, you know, that big comeback they had against the Falcons, what did they do right? Well, they threw the ball downfield. That was the first thing, as you alluded to, right? They stretched the offense a bit vertically. They gave Nick Foles the opportunity to throw it over the head of the defenders. Tempo. They had tempo. They move fast with pace, okay? And, you know, when they are when they have a little bit of urgency, like you said, they pick it up. They start running a little bit more no huddle. They start attacking the defense a little bit more, start utilizing more of the field, and voila, they start to open things up a bit. And, and given the defense at the time, they probably are playing a little bit more prevent, so they're a little bit easier to kind of get underneath and pick up some bigger chunks down the field. But at the same time, you, you still got to look at what's working. And then you get into the uh, the first quarter of the game, and here they are. They're just lethargic. There's not really much energy, right? You know, mm. none of the like, yeah. you know, receivers really be showing that much energy. They're kind of just going out. They look like they're they're out there to do business, but they're not like you know hyped up about it mm-hmm. or anything. And, and it's just kind of it's just slow. Like you know, the energy's not there. Maybe the sense of urgency isn't quite there. And you know, maybe it's just like, I feel like the Bears just need someone that kind of gets a little bit of fire, you know, like up and going when they do something. You know, yeah. it, it seems like that was desperately what they're looking for in the Colts game, right? They look for something to get some kind of energy. Absolutely. And here's the thing is that Matt Nagy tries very hard to be the Chiefs offense. And, you know, if you look at how the Chiefs play and how the Bears play, there are some similarities, right? But here's the issue. The Chiefs are, they do do these like, you know, behind the line line of scrimmage throws, like these like well-blocked throws. Um, you get it to a fast guy behind the line of scrimmage, get a couple yards. They do that. They run the ball too. But what they do when they get the ball in their hands is they, they sling it, you know? They set up all these plays with their explosiveness downfield because teams know that, hey, we, you know, we're going to have to keep a couple safeties back there because Patrick Mahomes will kill us if we don't have that. And, you know, in a way, Nick Foles has that ability. One of his best traits is his deep ball, right? So he has that ability. You know, obviously he's going to have some issues with his new wide receivers and like a new playbook and there's issues with that. But you need to play to Nick Foles' ability. Stretch the ball downfield. Nick Foles, I mean, you come out throwing the ball quickly. Like, this is my issue too. He doesn't start fast. He does not have any concern with starting fast. He goes up there. I think we had three runs and a three and out in our first drive of that game, if I remember correctly. I know that's what happened with the Lions game. Matt Nagy doesn't come out there and he doesn't want to set a tone on offense. And that's an issue. That's a huge issue. You need to set the tone on offense. You need to make the defense adjust to you. You can't be adjusting to the defense. You need to make the defense adjust to you, right? And he doesn't do it. He he goes out there, you know, he phones it in. He gives, a, you know, some conservative play calls. And the reason why this offense is good late in games is because they finally throw the ball. 
they finally are testing defenses downfield. They're not doing these, you know, you know, 10 yard, you know, slant routes and, you know, giving it to Dave Montgomery and behind the line of scrimmage. When you condense all your play calling in the beginning of the game to that section of the field, you screw yourself for the rest of the game. You know, if you don't want to go behind Matt Nagy, the, 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 the key is out there, air the ball out. You know, if it doesn't work, that's all right. But give it like, go. this is what I hope to see in this Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, by the way. I hope that we see the first three plays, every single one of them being a pass play, right? This team, they have a good defense at the line of scrimmage and, and uh, you know, their front seven are good. Their back, their, uh, their back four, they're not that good. You know, Carlton Davis is their best, their best defensive back. Nick Foles should be able to, you know, get it. You know, if our offensive line can hold up, Nick Foles should be able to really test these cornerbacks. We need to, we like the Bears in general, they just need to open up with more fire. These players aren't excited because they go out to this line. They're like, okay, there's going to be three run plays. How exciting is that for wide receivers and Nick Foles? Yeah, it's not only just like the excitement, but it's just like, you know, it's situationally too. I feel like the play calling is bad. Dude, I feel like that's where some players like lose motivation, you know? Yeah, I mean, you brought up the instance where we're running Cordell Patterson on a crucial, I believe it was third and one. You know, you're going Mm -hmm. between fourth and one and third and one. I believe it was a third and one. Crucial first down they needed to pick up. And, and, you know, you're telling the offense that, yeah, the best player that we can give it to in this situation is is Cordell Patterson running it up the middle. That's that's what we're going to do to keep this ball moving. It's like, no, come on. Like, it's still like continuously, like situationally. I I don't know where Matt Nagy is really kind of coming up with these solutions you know i I know Mm -hmm. montgomery wasn't doing anything with the ball last week but uh, so much of that had to do with offensive line just being so bum i mean they're so bad could not really you know push any of the defensive linemen upfield at all there's no chance of them getting to the second level it's a good defense but not to jump the gun here and get ahead to, to next week but the bears if the bears don't open it up like you're suggesting if they don't throw the ball downfield they will struggle against Tampa Bay's defense. They will struggle. I mean, I watched them a bit last week when they were playing, you know, the Chargers, you know, that kind of brutal loss there. But like a shootout-style mm-hmm. thing, but still that defense, what's shown through? The speed. They're very quick. If the Bears try oh, to yeah. dink and dunk it down the field, they will not succeed. The Bears need to try to throw it downfield, just like Herbert connected on some very big deep balls. That could be Nick Foles next week. That could be Nick Foles to Mooney. That could be Nick Foles to Anthony Miller. Yeah, exactly. And that's... That's what we have to do. You know, that's that's a great key to the game. We're going to talk about that, obviously, a little bit later on. But one thing I want to address is the speed on that defense. Not only are they quick, they're also really quick to the sidelines, right? So one thing that I was noticing when I was watching that Chargers game, you you know, you do a screen pass, they got you. Like, if you're going to center this at the line of scrimmage, they're going to they're going to destroy you, right? They're, they're going to get to you eventually. And, you know, they have enough pieces on that offense. Now we're going to be facing them injured, but they have enough pieces on that offense to really if you if you're not scoring quickly they can you know put you in the dust we're not going to want to come back from behind with this team um but we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show how confident are you in nick Poles and the chicago bears going forward you know i i you know, don't believe in any way that Nick Foles should be benched uh how confident am i i think it lies mostly with you know what kind of play calling we're going to do and how we're going to approach the offense less than the belief I have in Nick Foles, but I think that there's some liability that definitely lies on Nick Foles, though. I think that, you know, as someone that I think was kind of brought in here under the guise that he really knows the system very well, 
you know, I really wanted to see more of that kind of like duck to water that we had when uh, well, I'm already blanking on who our backup from last year was. What's his name? Backup Chase quarterback? Yeah, Chase Daniel. Yeah, Chase Daniel. I mean, you know, we talked about when he would come in the game, it seemed like the offense had rhythm. You know, I kind of expected when Nick Foles would come in at the start of the game to really kind of hit the ground running and, and kind of take the offense with stride, but nah it didn't quite happen and i think it can be really stated that that Colts defense was the best defense this bears defense or bears offense has faced all year for by sure far, by far by by far i mean i think that puts the falcons anyone else to shame um so i think that was part of the reason why but still when they have that moment of adversity nick Foles does really need to like rise up and get something going you know with the offense uh, i think maybe that's kind of what needs to be grown on is his leadership role and kind of mm-hmm. getting everyone together because i think last week was definitely a game where they had so many chances to to just if they wanted to take hold of the game they could have ran away with it i mean yeah a, a it, the bears to, were not out of the game until they ever. allowed themselves to leave the game and I think that was the worst part watching it as a fan was like, man, this is such a winnable game. Like the Colts are doing nothing to put this game away. Um, they just keep kicking field goals. But then at the same time, you knew the Bears were going to win because of just how bad they were playing. But at the same time, you know, in the same way that Nick Foles was able to lead the charge, you know, against the Falcons and get it done, we need that to happen more when, you know, yeah, the offense is going to have some bad days where not everything's clicking. But, you know, when it's a very still winnable game when you're in – you know, striking distance of them, then, you know, go out and take it and, and get that win. If you want to be, you know, a good team in the NFL, you have to dominate, right? And this team does not dominate in any, you know, way, shape, or form, not even on defense right now, truthfully. We keep teams within winnable, we keep every single game in winnable distance, but this team has not been dominant. And, you know, Matt Nagy has not contributed to any sort of dominance with this team, period, right? We don't set the tone on offense. We don't even try to set the tone on offense. We we try to get what we can on offense. That's never going to win you a Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? But, you know, at the end of the day, Nick Foles, I don't really blame Nick Foles. I think it's funny that a lot of people are blaming him. It was his first game. You know, he played the toughest defense that we've seen all year. Statistically, the best defense in the NFL right now. Um really good you know defensive coordinator that they got there too with uh in indy but as far as nick Foles, i don't put the blame on him man i I, like i get it like nick Foles, you can say what you want about him he's a super bowl winner uh he knows matt Nagy's scheme he can make some damn good throws he can really pull you through he didn't do anything specifically that really hurt this team i know he had one issue where he uh thought that he checked to a run play but he actually uh he actually checked to a pass play and he got the plays flipped confused. So he ended up trying to pass the ball off to nobody uh, or to hand the ball off to nobody. And there were no blockers for the run game. So that was an issue in the red zone. And then also he, you know, it seemed like there was a little bit of route confusion with uh, Demetrius Harris, Loki kind of underrated signing for the bears right now. He shows up for a couple passes a game, big passes um, that he, no one's just connected with him with. Um, but it, it looked like there was a little bit of a route issue with him where Nick Foles thought he was leading him uh, to the outside into the uh, corner of the end zone where he went inside. Uh, so looked like there was a little issue there. So there, you know, there's some, you know, bumps that are going to occur there. But, you know, I, the one thing that I said in the offseason and why I was happy to sign Nick Foles and why I'm still happy that we signed Nick Foles over every other quarterback, Nick Foles is going to show us who Na- Matt Nagy is. And that's the big thing. He's going to show us who Matt Nagy is. 
And we have no excuses with Nick Foles. Matt Nagy has a quarterback who has won a Super Bowl that knows his system. And if he can only put up three points a game on him, what does that say about Matt Nagy, man? And we're going to get into Matt Nagy in a second. But as far as for the Chicago Bears going forward, you know, I hope that I'm wrong. I think that we are going to get quite a bit of wins. Uh, truthfully, still, I, you know, I, I see us still getting, you know, nine, ten wins. But the issue is that I don't think we're going to be that good of a team. Like, I, I think that we are going to be a team that, uh, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I think that we're going to be a team that beats up on bad teams because of our schedule. Uh, we're, you know, when we put we play a crappy defense or, um, you know, moderately uh, good defense, we're going to, you know, beat up on them, I think. But the second we face these good defenses, I think that we're going to crap the bed. You know, I think I think this team is going to uh, absolutely just decay. And we're not going to be strong enough to fight through with it. Because Matt Nagy is going to have horrible game plans for it. And that's who I put the most blame on, truthfully. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm definitely in agreement, And I think that, you know, it certainly seems like, you know, maybe they want to do a pretty, but, you know, against the Falcons of the world that they should be in the Lions of the world, you know, they can, they can fare well and they can, can beat them. But, you know, I think that this Colts win was, or a Colts loss was very humbling. I think I put them in their place and kind of said, you know, man, if I actually put against a team that, you know, even the Colts, not even that great offensively, but just had a good defense, then, you know, they're going to struggle a little bit. And right. You know, if this team makes it in the playoffs, I think the chances are high because they just, you know, it is a cakewalk of a schedule and it's very rare. I mean, the next toughest teams are going to end up facing is Tampa Bay this coming week and then probably Green Bay, you know, mm-hmm. and that's basically it. Um, you know, they're going to be able to beat up on these bad teams, but, you know, once they get into the playoffs and the very long, you know, you know, term future, if they get into the playoffs, I, I, you can't really expect them to accomplish that much because what have they shown you that that really makes you believe that? Now they have a lot of the season to go on and correct that. There's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. That can, there's a lot that can be changed, and hopefully that's what we're hoping for. But the, their the current and Bears started off three and three. Right, and they really they really picked it up. You know, once again though, I mean the 2018 Bears team. I didn't have a schedule as cakey as even this one, but they benefited from a pretty soft schedule, which I think kind of mm-hmm. kind of went against them in the playoffs. I think they honestly would have been better off having a little bit tougher of a schedule and probably just getting them ready for that Eagles game, which, you know, overcoming adversity, you know, even though they had those comeback wins still kind of seems like something this bears team is, is, uh, you know, struggling with, but I I think that falls mostly on Nagy. I don't think it's anything that you can pin on foals. Yeah. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I just, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just not super excited. I'm not super, I'm more excited for the draft than I am for the rest of the season. And that, you know, the story of Bears fans, right? That's the that's the common theme, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. Four weeks in the season. Can't wait till next year when we have, when we can draft the quarterback. Um, you know, but um, we're, we're going to be all right. It, it's just, it's one of those teams where you don't, you don't have too much confidence going into the playoffs. You don't like certainly not as confident as in 2018 when we had that stellar defense, right? Hopefully we can figure out a way to, uh, you know, pick it up on defense and they can help lead the charge. But for right now, or maybe Matt Nagy can figure out Nick Foles. I think Nick Foles starts for the rest of the season still get, unless he's injured. 
but uh yeah not not super uh, happy right now and hey maybe honestly <laughs> this shows how much of a bear, of a bears fan i am because if we beat tampa bay tonight i'm gonna come on here and be like wow go to the super bowl <laughs> freaking out right oh, like yeah. ev- like every other bears fan right so i guess you know even i'm not a little too uh i feel like i'm a little too dialed in into a typical chicago bears fan mold where we're just really overreactive with every single game but um we'll, we'll i guess we'll see after tonight uh tonight i think honestly is going to be a defining factor game like this is a game where if we win it and we're going to get into this game later on but if you know if we win this tampa bay game it's going to really show us that we aren't just this scrub team and that, you know, maybe the Colts game was a one-off game. But if we can't win this, there's nothing in my mind that thinks that this team is just a team that will beat up on bad teams. So, well, I mean, yeah. I, I almost kind of just want to get into it now because I just have, like, something to say. It's just, like, it's Yeah, let's really get into Tampa some- Bay. Let's do it. I, I think it's something that is – this game really does tell a lot. I, I think you hit on something big there because I'm I'm excited for this game. For the reason is that the offense and the defense are both going to be tested, which I'm I'm happy. You know, the, mm-hmm. the defense, they have to at least deal with a Tampa Bay team that has plenty of weapons. I don't really know about the health of Mike Evans. I know he was dealing with some He'll probably issues play. with his hamstring. So, but even he's not playing 100% quickness, but still he's going to be a handful. And mm-hmm. then Gronk hasn't been a huge factor, but OJ Howard's been a you know a big part of that you know offense coming up. Brait has been a part of it. There's a lot of people of this mm-hmm. you know defense weapons. needs to account for. Everyone's gonna be tested. You know, Roquan Smith is probably gonna have a tough game playing middle linebacker. You know, hopefully uh, Danny Trevathan <laughs> yeah, doesn't get doesn't get shown up all game because they're gonna you know Tom Brady is gonna come after Danny Trevathan. Yeah. Exactly, and, and that's my biggest fear, truthfully. Yeah, and, and the offense is going to have trouble against the defense because if they go follow a similar kind of scheme that they had last game, then they are so done. They are so done in this mm-hmm. game, and they're going to find themselves buried quick if they decide to approach it the same way as they did against the Colts. Yeah, and here's the thing is I think that we're going to see a better Bears team. Like I think that we're going to see... I would be shocked if they didn't put up at least 21 points, truthfully. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Because the thing that I've always noticed about Matt Nagy is he struggles, 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 struggles against teams with good defensive backs. If it if they don't have the this team doesn't have great defensive backs. All right. And that's what I think is the difference between this the Colts and, and, and this Bucks team is that the Colts had good enough defensive backs where they were really able to hurt us. But we have enough good playmakers at wide receiver that I think that we will get players open. I think that Nick Foles is a quick enough decision maker that he'll be able to pull the trigger on it. And, you know, truthfully, I think that this Bears team can score on this. I hope that their game plan is, you know, some quick seven-yard passes, focus on efficiency, let that open up the deep ball and strike. I hope this the game plan isn't phone it in, throw some screen passes, and give it to David Montgomery, and then maybe throw a seven-yard, you know, out route to Allen Robinson. I hope that's not the game plan. I hope it's, you know, start the pace, get some efficiency going, tone down the pass rush a little bit with these quick passes, and then strike downfield. Switch it up with obviously some running plays. I, I really, I don't know if Lamar uh, Miller is, is uh, if he's been uh, uh, brought up for this game, but he could be a big factor in this game too. Um, but again, has a lot. Of, this Tampa Bay team has a lot of quickness on defense. 
it's it's going to be tough. Nick Foles is really good under pressure. He was one of the best quarterbacks under pressure in 2019, uh, statistically speaking, at least. And, uh, you know, he, he can handle the pressure, right? So it's just going to be a matter of really game plan. And I think we have the weapons to beat this team, truthfully. I think that we can keep pace with this team on their defense if Matt Nagy comes out with a good playbook. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. And I think that they can exploit that, especially with putting pressure, you know, on Foles. It's going to open up a lot of windows, a lot of things in behind. It's going to be about winning some of these one-on-one matchups. So Allen Robinson, a lot of these receivers are going to need to come out and have a game. And, and no more drop balls. I mean, damn. Oh, really yeah. Have, they have to start catching football, especially in these crucial moments. Um, <laughs> Key to the game, honestly, catch the it, football. <laughs> yeah. In games like this, though, honestly, the Bears need to be very fundamentally sound. Uh, make sure they have that before they really, you know, go out there and try to start taking down a good team like Tampa Bay. So, yeah, they really need to have that squared offense. It's about be about like receivers like you know Mooney and Robinson getting open. Uh, you know, I hope they kind of stick with you know using good rotation receivers too. I don't know what happened at the beginning of the Colts game. They really were kind of bringing in some different packages and personnel. Even Ted Ginn got a couple of looks on the football and he didn't look too bad. And then you didn't see him for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So I don't really yeah, know Ted what's King up with that. Yeah, kind of emerged these past couple of weeks. He kind of emerged, and then the, he kind of just doesn't. Yeah, and then he kind of just doesn't really get you know used. So hopefully, yeah, he stays out there. You know, really want to kind of see. I know Cole Komet has been in there. I know he's been blocking. And I know that he's not a primarily receiving tight end, but man, he really hasn't really had his name called too much. So I think you know this week is a, is a good or you know. Tonight's game is really a good one to go out there and try to use a lot of a lot of different personnel to really kind of try to get in the heads of Tampa Bay. And, you know, if they can win these one-on-one matchups and Foles, they would deliver some crisp balls. And this is definitely a very winnable game. You, yeah, you know, and you talk about injuries. The Buccaneers are really injured in this game. I think there's, I think they said that there's a pretty good chance that they don't have any of their top three running backs. So that's kind of an issue for them, right? Um, so we shouldn't have to worry too much about shutting down the run game. Hopefully not, at least. Um, but they do have some big tight ends that we're going to have to worry about. And, uh, you know, I think Godwin and Scotty Miller are out. So really, we can kind of focus in on Mike Evans. I think we're going to put together a good defensive game in this game. You know, tr- or uh, I almost called him Trubisky, Jesus. Tom Brady, um, he, you know, he hasn't been the best this year. He, lo- he looked pretty good last week, but in uh, the other games, he hasn't been that great. He's been a little bit more turnover bound than he has been before. Really the key to the game here, I think, for the Bears is being opportunistic on defense, getting to Tom Brady, um, and really just having a good offensive game plan this is a game plan game this is not a offensive talent game we can win this game if Matt Nagy comes out with a good game plan and doesn't try to do everything they try to do with the Colts game and if he comes out with an identity tries to stretch the ball downfield I I really believe we can beat this team yeah no I, I think I think it's a winnable game I think that in they're going to be too. tested yeah in, the in Chicago too which I mean our weather right now is decent um, mm-hmm. No big time zone change. So that's not really a factor either, which is just some things that, you know, sometimes NFL games, those can make a difference. You got West Coast team flying out to East Coast team for an mm-hmm. early start, but it's a night game. No time zone difference. Weather has been pretty nice here in Chicago. So nothing crazy like that to really throw Tampa Bay off. And 
Tom Brady's definitely played in worse conditions. So I, I don't fear for their offense too much. I think it's it's really going to be a game that, you know, should be smooth, no wind. You know, it's really about the teams in this one, which I think I'm actually really happy about. You know, I don't want anything really lovely in this off because I feel like we're still learning about this Bears team, you know, from week to week. And I think, you know, right now, a Thursday night, you know, maybe you catch Tampa Bay, you know, a little sluggish, you know, a little banged up after, you know, last week's game. And, you know, maybe we can go out there, prove something, get some confidence and get the ball rolling. Definitely best case scenario is that the Bears come out here, walk away with a pretty good victory, you know, feel good about it, you know, look good in a lot of aspects of it, make some improvements at where they've been struggling. And hopefully we get a little bit of an identity from this Bears team. Now, whether or not we get that or not, right, is whether or not we get the best case scenario. A lot of us do exactly what you talk about, Austin. Uh, Nagy coming out here, game planning well. It's definitely the key to the game. Getting the offense on a start where they can, you know, set the tone. Um, you know, really start to build things, you know, like you said, make the off or make the defense guess. Uh, really just too reactionary from the Bears in these first couple weeks. And especially, you know, just reacting way too late, you know, uh, being lethargic needs to be energy. Uh, definitely a lot of energy needed for this win. And uh, we'll see exactly what happens. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to be dramatic, but I think that this is going to really set the tone for the season. Uh, dropping from uh, being undefeated to three and two is going to really could really impact the way the season uh, plays out, especially when we've only really played two good teams and we lose to both of them. So I don't mean to be dramatic, but I think this is going to be a big impact. Ultimately, I hate to do it, but I think we're going to end up losing 28 to 21. Yeah, damn. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to predict my first loss too. Um, the fact is, I think you brought up something earlier. I wanted to touch on it. You said the Bears can score 21 points in this game. And I'm gonna, I was going to say, they're going to need to score at least 28 to win. Yeah. I think the Bears need to score at least 28 to win. So you kind of hit a little bit on the head there. I think the Tampa Bay ends up scoring 34, and I give this Bears offense, I think they get 24. And okay. I think I think the Bears offense gets 24 points. I think they lose by 10. Um, I think the offense will look better than last week. I think they will have improvements, but... I you know something just tells me that they're not going to be quite as decisive, quite as dominant. Uh, I think that's a good word that you used earlier on. You know, in describing how you know teams like Kansas City come out and just dominate. You know, the Bears need to dominate in order to beat some of these good teams, and I'm just afraid they're not going to be quite uh, dominant enough to to take the win, and uh, it'll be a Thursday night loss, unfortunately. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we had. Um... You know, we had a couple, you know, more topics uh, to go over, but I think we we should go go ahead and wrap up the show now. We're we're going a little bit over time, uh, so we thank you guys, and uh, we'll be getting into some other topics. I, I think this one we we were going to get into whether or not Matt Nagy should be fired this th- season, but after this season, or what's the chances of him being fired this season? But I think we should actually leave this one maybe to our next episode because this game I think is going to be, you know, instrumental in determining that and really going to give us a better outlook on that so you know we'll we'll get into that next episode and uh just thank you guys so much uh, we're excited to be back uh we're gonna figure out a good schedule i'm sure we'll come at you guys with a reaction either tonight or tomorrow uh to whatever this game is uh so thank you guys so much and reese any last words 
No, but uh, just, you know, going off the whole naggy thing, I think, you know, at least we're trying to build this up to be some kind of big turning point or, you know, kind of big uh, climatic game. So I think that, yeah, we could leave that topic for the next one. So hopefully, hopefully this game will tell us or give us some kind of insight to that answer. Um, you know, bear down. Hopefully we get to see a Bears victory and they can surprise us a little bit. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting, though. First Thursday night game of the year. Two games in, what, five days? So there you go. Yeah. Short short schedule. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we will see you. Not sure when, but we're going to have a really consistent upload schedule. Um, so, yeah, bear down, guys.